Hi, I'm John Connor. I'm the Mission Director of the Baptist Bible Fellowship International. I'd like to welcome you to the kickoff episode of the 938 podcast. We created this podcast in order to provide a platform for us to share all things BBFI missions. And so we want to welcome you to this podcast, and we want you to tune in as we have these every Tuesday for the next year at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. So subscribe to this in order that you can get updates on future episodes. Today, we're glad to have John Haley with us, and he is the pastor of Hallmark Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and also the first vice president of BBFI Missions. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. And glad that you were able to spend some time to come up from Fort Worth to be with us. This is a, a really exciting time that we have to be able to share some really good information about BBFI missions. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your heart for missions. Well, uh, kind of who I am and my heart for missions are kind of interconnected because I, I grew up, uh, many of you will know my dad, uh, Mike Haley, and uh, he was a BBF pastor uh, my entire life. And uh, of course, I came to Baptist Bible College in 1991 and uh, got reintroduced, I guess, or into missions again and, and even had mission class right here in the missions office with, uh, with uh, Carl Boonstra years ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I, in fact, I colored a lot of geographical maps right here in this room in my uh, wonderful <laughs> training. But I met my wife, Joy, here at, at BBC, and uh, we got married in 93. We both graduated in 1995, and we have two kids. Blake graduated from Baptist Bible College a few years ago, and our daughter Blair is, is now a junior here. And so my life has always been in a BBFI church, uh, connected to BBC, and uh, I think when I think about my dad, uh, he really is the one who gave me the heart for missions. Um, and I think back to even as a little boy, uh, I think when I was about 10, he, he went over to uh, the Philippines and, of course, the world's a little different now, and travel back then was a lot different yes. and, and maybe not as frequent. But I remember him coming back after he had spent, uh, I think he went over there with, with Richard Schott for his 25th anniversary there in the Philippines in uh, 1983. And uh, the stories he told me about what they got to experience. And, sure. and then, of course, growing up uh, in a preacher's home, missionaries were always in and out. Yes. And so I think uh, really just from my dad's passion, uh, really, I caught that passion for missions and a heart for missions. So I'm thankful to my dad uh, for really, I'm, I'm here because of him, really, to be honest. Yeah, well, your dad loves missionaries and missions. Right. And you know, a lot of people that I find that are missionaries today or pastors of churches uh, who love missions, it's from missionaries staying in their homes when right. they were young. Mm -hmm. and that yeah, really... we had missionaries all the time in our house. Yeah. And so it was, it was a great experience yeah. here, you know, as a kid, hearing all those stories. Sure. Uh, you know, even impacting. from your parents and, you know, mm -hmm. 
you're like, what? Yes. You know, you're getting fearful, I guess, more than anything right. about the stories you hear. Right. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing about your heart for missions. And, you know, there's so many details that go into a program or a, an organization that has missions worldwide. And even in a, a, an organization that we call the Mission Office. Right. And we, we provide so much for our missionaries in our churches. We have about 20 on staff at our mission office. We have missionary care uh, that we, we communicate with our missionaries. We have uh, ways that we can encourage them and help them through maybe some difficult times they face. And surely today with these, this pandemic right. and all that's going on worldwide, they need encouragement and someone to come alongside them. So we do that as a mission office. Um, we, we have uh, missionary kids uh, programs to encourage our missionary kids. We have the World Initiative Network, which is a way that people can come alongside and serve uh, with our missionaries and help them in a variety of different ways. We have a medical plan for our missionaries that helps to cover them around the world, including a medical evacuation. And there are times when we've had to uh, help our missionaries be transported uh, from one country to another country that has better facilities, right. or even back to the United States, and that was at no extra cost right. to our Pretty missionaries. Yeah. So that's something that we really uh, like to be able to promote because it's a huge benefit. And so we do a lot for our missionaries. We, we also process funds, of course, uh, from nearly 4,000 churches in wow. the United States and other individuals, and, and we do this in such an effective way. Right. Well, and I think about, you know, the viewer, there's a lot of different people on here that are going to know a lot about the BBF and maybe very little. Mm-hmm. When I think about missions and organizations, there's a lot of organizations, whether that's, you know, a clearinghouse, whether that's a denomination. Yes. Um, how, you know, the BBF, how would you say we are different or, you know, from the other missions agencies and clearinghouses? Sure. We, we pretty much look at ourselves as a service center mm-hmm. as opposed to just a clearing house. Now, we do have about four people that really manage and process right. the funds. How, how much money do they process? About $35 million a year on average. Did you get four people, $35 yes. million? Dollars. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, almost $3 million a month. Wow. And so, you know, we have those people who pretty much do that mm-hmm. part of it. But because we do so much more than just clearing their funds, right. we have more staff and to do all the other things. So we would say we're a service center. Okay. Um, another thing that is a little different for us is we're not a denomination. Right. So we don't determine where our missionaries go. Uh, and so we, we let them decide that by the leading of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in their life and then by the guidance of their sending church. And so they come to us and say, God called me to this place. And we say, that is wonderful. We're the vehicle to help get you there. And so we process the funds. So we're not a denomination. We're not just a clearinghouse. Another thing that's really important to understand is we don't charge well, for our services. Yeah. And that's unique. Yeah, very, you know, very unique, very a lot different. Of, a lot of organizations charge, maybe it's a certain fee per transaction or 3%, all the way up to even 17%. Wow. But we don't charge anything. And so we, we, we operate just like missionaries do by faith. Right. And churches support us. Some missionaries voluntarily support us. And, uh, but this is a unique thing that sets us apart from other organizations. Well, you know, now that I've had the opportunity to kind of look behind the scenes in, in the office, and of course everything that you see online or just your presentation, 
you know, if I could say one thing, like everything that comes out of this office is first class. And, and think about uh, the quality of work with really just a few sure. workers yes. um, and limited resources, um, but no charge to the missionaries. It's, yeah. it's, that's pretty, well, it's definitely unique, but it's pretty awesome. It is. And, you know, we have a great team. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone doesn't just see their position or their area of serving in the office as a job. They see it as a ministry. Right. And they want to be there for the missionary. So I know that's a, a, a unique part that's interesting to you. Is there any other couple of aspects maybe that set us apart in your mind? Well, I think the biggest one, I mean, we kind of already talked about it, is that, you know, as our church sends money to support missionaries, um, as our church has commissioned missionaries to go, when we send $100, that you're not taking any of that. Yeah. That 100% of the funds you send to support your missionary uh, the office here is not getting any of it. Right. So 100% of the money we send goes to that that yes. missionary. And and as you know, he already mentioned, I would think an average uh, for agencies or clearinghouse, whatever you, word you might come up with, is they're going to take 7% of whatever you send to your missionary to fund their office. And so I think that's unique and pretty amazing that this office takes zero. Yeah. Um, and even with that, I you know, the team that you have developed here and you know, from, from IT to the, your graphics uh, to the support you give on the field to missionaries, to the medical plan, to the finances. Yeah. Um, all these things that are done without charging the missionary mm-hmm. uh, or the church. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, and, and I think, you know, maybe if I could just speak to those. Again, there's all kinds of people watching. There'll be, you know, pastors, missionaries, maybe just people in our churches. Um, I would encourage you, you know, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of, of Hallmark that has been a part of missions and the BBF since really it started. Right. Um, and so many years ago, uh, our church began supporting the missions office every month as if it was another missionary. Right. And, and that's one of the main ways that, that this office can do all that they do to provide resources to our missionaries is because churches have decided we're going to give. Um, and so if you're, if you're listening and your church doesn't give, let me encourage you to do that because, again, everything they do is first class, and, and I think how much more yeah, that's right. could they do for our missionaries if more people gave? Amen. So, well, thanks. Uh, you appreciate me plugging? I appreciate all right, that all right, challenge. Right, that's yes. okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, we're, we want to show you a video that really kind of gives an overview of what's going on around the world through the efforts of our churches and the missionaries they have sent basically since the beginning of 1950. It used to be said, uh, missions is from the West to the rest. But really, it's from everywhere to everywhere now. So watch this. The Baptist Bible Fellowship International is a fellowship of pastors that unite for the purpose of evangelism, discipleship, and church planning around the globe. This vision reaches all the way back to our beginnings in 1950, when we approved 19 missionaries to the countries of China, Japan, Mexico, and the Philippines. By 1960, we saw the missionary population increase to 169 missionaries in 17 countries. Currently, there are over 700 missionaries in 80 countries all around the world. 
Throughout the decades, the Baptist Bible Fellowship International has approved over 1,800 career missionaries to take the gospel to over 120 countries. These missionaries are focused on the mission of evangelism, discipleship, and church planning. Through their efforts, hundreds and thousands have been saved and discipled. Over 20,000 churches have been started outside of the United States of America. This is made possible through the faithful giving of our U.S. churches that has totaled over $1.1 billion. The churches started through the efforts of our missionaries have caught the vision and they are sending out their own people as church planning missionaries around the world. From the Mexico BBF, we have families that are working among tribal ethnic groups. They have also sent missionary families to serve the Lord in Latin America, Spain, Europe, and the Middle East. The Japan Baptist Bible Fellowship have sent missionary families to Asia, Africa, Latin America, and creative access countries. The churches affiliated with Korea Baptist Bible Fellowship have approved missionary families to serve the Lord in Asia, Australia, Latin America, and Africa. Churches in the Philippines have collectively sent over 250 missionary families. These families are serving the Lord in Asia, Africa, the United States, Latin America, Europe, the Middle East, and Creative Access Nations. Churches in Ecuador have sent missionaries to Argentina, Panama, and the United States. Missionaries from churches in Brazil have been sent to the Amazon tribes, Paraguay, Africa, and East Timor. Missionaries from Peru have been sent throughout Latin America, Asia, Spain, Morocco, the Middle East, and Israel. Missionaries from Canada have been sent to Creative Access Nations. Missionaries from churches in Europe have been sent throughout Europe, Latin America, Africa, and Southeast Asia. Missionaries from Russia have been sent to Borneo, Indonesia. Churches in Australia have sent missionaries to 25 countries in Latin America, Europe, Africa, Japan, Asia, and the islands of the Pacific. Missionaries from churches in Kenya have been sent to South Sudan and Tanzania. Missionaries from Tanzania have been sent to Mozambique. Our international force of missionaries is growing every day. The number of missionaries is approaching 450. We are sending out missionaries from everywhere to everywhere. Our challenge to pastors, churches, and missionaries of the Baptist Bible Fellowship International is to stay focused and continue in the vision of evangelism, discipleship, and church planning all around the world. Every time I watch this video, I'm just totally amazed at what God has done around the world. Uh, not just through our missionaries now, but even through the works they've right. started. And now they're going out and doing more and more. Right. And uh, it, it's just really exciting. You know, our focus has always been evangelism, right. discipleship, and church planning. And that's what this video really uh, conveys. Uh, we've had nearly, right now, we have nearly 700 missionaries serving oh. in 84 countries. That's amazing. And that's really exciting. Um, 
and since 1950, from the beginning, we've had a little over 1,800 missionaries who've surrendered and gone. Some of them have now passed away right. and some have retired. Um, but also, what I really like to share is in the last uh, 70 years or so, 71 now, over $1.1 billion has wow. been given from our churches. That's amazing. That really yeah. is when you think about it. And that just comes from ordinary people in mm -hmm. our churches who, who are behind what we're right. doing and answering really the call to the Great Commission yeah. in their way by giving and, of course, praying. And then we've seen from the efforts of our missionaries over 20,000 churches wow. outside of the United States. And uh, so God really has done a great work through the efforts of the BBFI. Let me just share a couple things just even from the last year. Uh, salvations from our missionaries and their efforts uh, on the mission field, we see, last year we saw 141,385 wow. saved. Praise the Lord, that's awesome. That is yeah, so exciting, yeah. and we can, we can really rejoice and praise God for it. Mm -hmm. And when someone gets saved, God's glorified. That's right. And that's what it's all about. We've also seen nearly 20,000 baptisms and then leaders in training, and I really like this, from around the world and all of our institutes right. and Bible colleges, again, outside of the United States, last year there were 16,000 in training for ministry. Wow. That's huge. That's awesome. That's really Just cool. Just think of the lasting impact that exactly. will have. Exactly. Yeah. What's going to come in the next right. years from, mm -hmm. that, from those efforts. And then, and then we've seen uh, last year alone 128 new churches started. So. Wow. When you see the video like we've just watched and you hear these numbers, what, what kind of hits you? I th you know, I think as um, you said something about normal, ordinary people. Mm -hmm. I think of when Jesus watched in the temple the money given. It yep. was the one lady who gave everything she had. It was right. a small amount. That's right. And I think of that ripple effect, you know, of, over the years. Um, I had, in, in fact, I had a church member send me a text this past Saturday and said, hey, uh, I was studying Ezekiel. Uh, and I remembered Bob Hughes preached a message in the 70s on this, this verse. And so I Googled it, and, and I listened to the entire message. And wow. he said, you ought to, he challenged yeah. me to listen to it. Yeah. So I sat there and, and uh, listened Saturday afternoon in my office at home to the message. You know, I sat where they said, I think it's the title of it. And, yes. you know, here we are from the 70s to where we are now thinking about his message. And he mentioned a guy in his message. He's like, I, I just led this guy to the Lord is Dr. Gisalva, you know, medical doctor. And he said, I, this guy has a passion to win souls. Mm -hmm. And here we are, what, you know, 40, 50 years later yes. Yes. and see what God is doing still in that ministry. Yeah. And, and it makes me think of what Paul said. Uh, I, I want you to give, not because I need it, mm -hmm. but so you'll have fruit to your account. Yes. So I think of all the, even in my church, the widow ladies, who continue to give, right. and I think yeah. that one gift, the investment, millions yes. have been saved yes. just because someone was obedient. Right. And uh, so right. I, I don't know. It just it's it's overwhelming to think of what God has allowed yes. this office yeah. to be a part of. Yeah. And, and I got to, I got to play a small part. Right. So right. I, and I, you know, and then when we give what little we may have, it goes together with all the others in our right. church. And then our church sends it into our office, and then all the churches together, it adds up to $35 million, And then God takes it and multiplies right. it in all kinds of ways. So it is exciting to see what God's it's, done. Yeah, I, I, uh, again, I think it's humbling to, th you know, to think that God would allow That's right. us to be a part of what he's doing, yeah. to be a part of his story. So yeah. I don't know, can you maybe dig into a little more details about what's, what's, what is God doing all over the world? Yeah. You know, 
I mean, I could sit here for a long time right. and share all kinds of things. And uh, yeah, try to focus just on a few. Yeah, we don't okay. Have all, we don't okay. have all day. Right. You know, um, I think one of the highlights that always comes to my mind is that now that our missionaries have been on the field and have trained the nationals and they've gone out and started churches, now those churches are sending their own missionaries to other parts right. of the world. And so we've seen in the Philippines over 200 missionaries sent out of the Philippines. Korea BBF is sending missionaries. In fact, a few years ago, I went to Mongolia, invited by the Korea BBF missionaries in Mongolia. They were celebrating their 20th anniversary there. Wow, that's amazing. That, that's mm-hmm. really cool. And then you have Japan BBF sending out missionaries. You have uh, Tanzania, Kenya, uh, Mexico, Brazil. A lot of places are now sending their own missionaries. In fact, one of the things that I'm asked to do even more lately is to come to countries and help them set up their own sending agencies. Wow. That's awesome. And, and who would have really thought about that when right. we first started? But that's where we are. And so, yeah, God's doing some amazing that things. That disciples making disciples. It just keeps yes. replicating. Yes, amazing. that's right. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe a missionary or two that's personally been an impact in your life yeah i think uh i I think the same as i could go on and on about a lot of you know growing up in a preacher's home and and missionaries and and now being a part of the fellowship all these years but i think the the one that had a huge impact on my life early on as a kid was uh was ed bosel ed and and ruby bosel uh you want to think about them it was my first like introduction to missions my dad took took us and our church group, I, I don't know, I was probably nine or 10 years old to uh, the Rosebud Reservation. Yeah. And, uh, and 15 years later, I took my first youth group as a youth pastor back to wow. that reservation. But I thought this guy still to this day, there's, I don't know if there's too many missionaries that put more work in and are, are dedicated to the gospel. And a so, very tough area. Yeah. Of very. Uh, yeah. And to see, uh, you know, we could go all the statistics about that area, but just, um, his faithfulness, yeah. you know, and, and again, he would be the first to say, quit mentioning my name, but mm-hmm. you know, he's faithful because, because God is faithful. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then being at Hallmark, uh, have an opportunity with missionaries come in all the time. You know, I think of, of Bruce O'Neill, he got, he got saved at Hallmark. Yeah. In fact, my, my grandfather-in-law preached the day that Bruce got saved wow. and, and baptized him. And so I think of that, what, what God has allowed Bruce to do, sure. you know, and, and, of course, Bruce has an interesting story about uh, yeah, he yeah. was not approved as a BBF missionary. They right. first turned him down, right. and, uh, and and yet he pursued yeah. God. This is what God wants me to do. Yeah. And so his perseverance and what God has done in, in his ministry is, is – uh, and then Laverne Rogers. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he comes – when he comes back to the States, he comes to my office often and, and talk. And uh, the last conversation I had with him, he's sitting there in my office, and he said – um, he gave me the percentage of people in Japan that don't know Christ. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, you know what, what's, he's been there 70 years, right? 70 years. And, and he broke down crying just saying that percentage is the same as it was yeah. 70 years ago. Wow. And it broke his heart. Even as, you know, he's, was he 94 years old? Yeah. He still has a passion and a burden yeah. to reach lost. So, there, I mean, there's a hundreds of those guys that I could mention, sure. but those are the first three that come to my sure. mind. Yeah, it's great. You know, I think of Laverne Rogers and 94, 95 years old. And when he was 92, he started 
his la- a church wow. at the age of 92. What's our excuse then, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and he's got the churches and ministries he has are like mega churches in Japan because the average church may have 29 in attendance of all types of uh, churches. Right. But his, he's got several that run over 300, and, and they do missions. They do mission trips. It's amazing how God's used him over there. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, could we be that faithful and that consistent when— I don't, I, I don't know if I really want to live to be 94, but yeah, if I yeah. am, I hope I'm faithful like he is. Me too. Me too. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, when I think about Hallmark, uh, you know, I'm just blessed uh, that all these years, in fact, the, the message I was talking about, Bob Hughes, he mentioned, he said, there's this small church in Fort Worth, Texas, mm-hmm. and they gave $40,000 this year to missions. Yeah. And I think, wow, I get to be a part of Yep. the tradition of that, Amen. and that's Amen. pretty amazing. How many missionaries have you sent out approximately? And, and you know, I mean, your church loves missionaries right. and has support. In fact, Hallmark supported my wife and I as we were missionaries in Kenya. Well, we didn't get them all right, I guess. But yeah. No, <laughs> no <laughs> I, think, I think about, uh, I don't know how many over the years, how many yeah. we have sent out. I know currently we have like uh, six couples that uh, are we're the sending church wow. for wow. Uh, and then and then two single ladies yep. and in fact we we just had um two from our church that are sending out and they're just got approved as as wind missionaries yes. in the new program and yes. so we're excited about that and and what that what that looks like but um we you know we did something unique at our church just trying to f- keep missions in front of our people mm-hmm. is uh, we have you know a coffee bar area and what we uh, all of our missionaries sent from our church we have uh their their uh, logo and a little oh. bio about them on the coffee sleeve. Oh, nice. Just to kind of remind people, pray for our missionary wow. uh, who's serving all over the world. So, yeah, I, you know, Alice Edmondson years ago mm-hmm. jumped on uh, Faith Promise Giving. Yes. And I think it was his goal. He didn't tell me this, but just from looking at it, that he wanted to support every missionary right. uh, of the fellowship. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of what God's doing. Amen. Amen. Good. Well, you know, um, there's a lot going on around the world and, and just the interesting things and opportunities, really, that there are. Um, I think about, you know, sometimes I'm asked, well, where, where do we need missionaries the most? Or right. what countries could we use more missionaries? And I think if you talk to any missionary, they would say, we need more missionaries. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I could tell you that we need more missionaries in Africa. We need more missionaries in Asia. We need more missionaries in Europe, Latin America, anywhere. Uh, we need more church planters here in America. True, for sure. Our country is in desperate need of the is, gospel as is there, well. Is there like, as you think about all these countries, you know, is there a spot right now or a few places you can think of that it just seems, you know, ripe for the harvest? Like if we could have a missionary right now in this place, where would, where would that be? You know, I, I could say uh, perhaps somewhere like Cambodia. They are, it's just really ripe for the harvest, probably like Korea was years ago, just very open to the gospel. Um, But really, you could talk about different cities. You take Mexico City, uh, you take uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Tokyo, Japan. I mean, these are cities of over 30 million people, and we have very few missionaries in those cities. So... Right there, we could have hundreds of missionaries that are needed. You can take other cities around the world like Cairo and Jakarta, uh, Mumbai, Calcutta, those places in, right. in India. And, of course, in China, there's over 100 cities that are over a million. So wow. 
every we just need so many more missionaries and you you wonder how in the world are we going to reach those cities and uh, then there's places like in china there's a place called Chongqing. i don't know if you've heard about it Chongqing, 38 million people wow just in that one city you know one of my i'm interrupting you but one no, of my good. my favorite i think experiences on the mission field was actually in in china yes and i think about we you know we traveled up into one of the villages and uh got to experience what it was like to eat you know in that environment and they cooked for us and they're very gracious and then we sat there though with uh you know different language groups and we're, we're what's your favorite memory verse mm-hmm. and it went from english uh into oh, yeah. mandarin into this and this and this and nice. and then it would travel back and yes. i think what, what an amazing thought and, and even uh during covid this year uh, that because of that group right there, there was someone walked in from the village uh, into the store and said, I heard yeah. this is a place I can find Jesus. Wow. And they gave it life to wow. Christ. Yeah. I think, wow, how, how awesome is that? That is. But that, that, that's happening all over the world. Sure. Yeah, it really is. You know, we, we've had missionaries in 120 countries. Mm-hmm. And today we have missionaries in 84. So that means we used to have missionaries in more countries now, in some of those, they did start churches and they continue right. today. But in, I think of Denmark, uh, that's close to my heart because my, I'm half Danish. I have relatives in Denmark who still need Jesus Christ. Now, I've witnessed to them and we've talked to them, but right. we used to have someone in Denmark. Now we don't. We need someone to go to Denmark. Right. And uh, so there's all kinds of places like that. I think of uh, Dushanbe. In Tajikistan, have you ever even heard of that city? I've never, never been there, never heard of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> or Samarkand in Uzbekistan, or I think of Laza in Tibet. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're cities where we've never had anyone. And so when you think of that, the need is huge, and we need so many more. Uh, not only do I think of cities, but I think about even uh, people groups. Right. And here's just a couple of people groups that you could think about. The 5 million Baluchi in Pakistan. They need someone to go to them and tell them about Christ. Or the 12 million Uyghur in China. We've heard about the Uyghur and how the Chinese right. seem to be dealing with them. And, and, uh, but they need to hear the gospel. So uh, then there's the 28 million, think about this, the 28 million Sudanese that are in Indonesia. Someone's got to take the gospel to them. Or the 8 million Kashki in Iran. So... I say that to say there's, there are people, groups, and tribes that still need right. to have a gospel witness among them or a church planning uh, program or movement among right. them. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, a few years ago, I began to challenge people about the 938 challenge and encourage them to pray more for more laborers. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, Jesus, when he walked on this earth right. and saw the multitudes, Uh, And he was moved with compassion with what he saw. And he said, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. So what did he say? He said in the next verse, in verse 38, to pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth more labors into the harvest. I really think that's like a prayer request from Jesus himself. Right. You know, there's a great need. We need more missionaries. We need more laborers. And so we need to pray for them. And so I've encouraged people in a lot of countries I've been in and across America to start praying for more missionaries. Can you imagine if we had more people going to the Lord of the harvest wow. and praying for more? I think we'd see more people surrendering to the call. 
I do too. And I, I think what a challenge. Yes. Of course, if, if you're just tuning in and you know it's the 938 podcast, now you maybe know why. Exactly. And so when we think about this, you know, John challenged us a few years ago uh, to pray this. And so even on my phone right now, I have an alarm. And actually this morning while we we're preparing for this, it was mm-hmm. looked at our phone, it was 938 and we pray. So I would encourage you uh, and challenge you, uh, set your phone alarm for 938. Mm-hmm. And every time it goes off, just take a moment. And pray. And that's what Jesus did. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the hearts would send forth more laborers. And, and so it's the Lord's work. And, and so I think for me as a pastor, uh, it's my responsibility to, to preach the call of God yes. on people's life. But then it's the, the real work is done by the Lord. And, and so we need to pray that God would send forth. You know, we celebrate the millions that have given their life to Christ, the millions mm-hmm. that have been given but we shouldn't celebrate to the exclusion of remembering the burden. Yes, There's, there's many more, millions yeah. more that, that don't know Jesus. And so right. let's pray. Let's, let's, right. I, I join you in praying that God would send for more laborers. Amen. So the 938 challenge comes after Matthew 938. And I've also set my phone. Right. It goes off every morning at 938. It vibrates. And just a reminder to pray for more laborers. doesn't take a long time. Right. It's a very simple prayer. And also at 9.38 at night, my phone vibrates and reminds me to pray for more laborers. And I believe God will, he's calling. I mean, right. he's still sending uh, until he returns. Right. And he hasn't returned, we're still here, right? Right. And so until he returns, we need to keep praying as God uh, continues to call. So uh, coming up on March 2nd is going to be a very important podcast. Now, Every Tuesday up until then and for the rest of the year, we're going to have a podcast. But on March 2nd is going to be a very important one about uh, the, the Project 938. We're going to give you some really good details, I think, of ways that you can be a part and God can use you. A lot of times I have people say, wow, the need is so huge. What can I really do? Well, on March 2nd, you'll find out what you can do. So you won't want to miss that. Make sure that you're there on March 2nd. John, thanks for being a part of our first yeah. 938 podcast. Well, thanks for letting me. I've, I've enjoyed it, and, and yeah. uh, I look forward to listening to the rest of them, hear who else you have come on, and, yeah. and uh, really to kind of start this initiative of yes. praying for the Lord yes. to do more. Amen. And uh, we'll definitely have you on a few more episodes in the future. Well, thank you to your staff and to the missions office. Again, every time I come, I'm amazed at, at the team you've put together. They're, mm-hmm. Again, I'll reiterate what you already said, is it's not a job to them. Yep. It really is a ministry, and I think that goes to credit to you and your heart for the missions. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching today, and I hope you'll tune in next week on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. God bless you.